You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Forty years, a spooky rove. This is <laughs> Emeritus Rex. Uh, so yes, we, yeah, that's this is our. Can I say it? Dare I say it? Um, our spooky Halloween episode. Um, and, and of course, you say, "What the heck, rabbis talking about Halloween?" So we, let's talk a little bit about. Oh, when is Halloween? I don't even know when it is this year. When is oh, it? Hallow's night! Don't you know? It's uh, don't you know when it is? Oh, is it a nitcha this year? What is it? <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about when when we were growing up, and we were. Both of us are sort of like you know, you know, the end of the baby boomer era children, right. and and we knew what it was like for, uh, you know, American families, uh, to be out in the suburbs or close to the suburbs, and the tableau of all these kids having a good time and running around and getting dressed up and getting candy from everyone, um, and uh, you know, let's talk about how originally. You know, the, there needed to be a rabbinic or Torah response uh, to what the kids were trying to do. So let's well, talk again, about that first. Listen, when I was a kid, it was a big issue. You know, I went to a day school that was an Orthodox day school. Most of the kids weren't Shomer Shabbos. And there were kids in my Orthodox day school who trick-or-treated. And every year, you know, there was the, you know, you shouldn't do it. It's not Jewish. It's based on some kind of pagan or Christian. I don't even remember where the, what is it, All Saints or something? You know, it's certainly not Jewish, nothing Jewish. It's this, it's that. Shouldn't do it. And I don't know how many kids listened, didn't listen. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of always enjoyed, you know, answering the door and doling out uh, candy or, you know, right. with razors. Uh, in, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's what we would do. We'd, we'd see, watch all the costumes, we, you know, and... Uh, right, we, right we, look, both of us, you know, coming from Orthodox homes knew it was not for us. But we we enjoyed the spectacle. But we what we know that many of our, as you said, our less religious friends and people that were raised were were being sucked into this because it seemed to be super fun. I mean, I think uh, Seinfeld has a uh, a stand up bit about this, right? You know, candy, candy. You know, here you go. Basically, like he talks about him wearing his Superman uh, cape and his little uh, mask, which made no sense, of course. But every you know, you know, but everybody was involved in it. It's almost like. Yeah, you can definitely tell the children. I mean, none of the kids trick or treating thought they were involved in some religious ritual. Right. It it really became uh, for them a way to get candy. And of course, we were mocked on kashras, so we understood that that was a problem. But and but but our, our parents definitely would hold us back because it was clearly goyim. It's what the goyim are doing. But it, it, it turned into something that was so. Um, Generic. It's so much bigger today than it used to be, but ironically, where I live, when I first moved, I used to get a, a lot of trick-or-treaters knocking on the door, Jewish kids in the Jewish neighborhood. Now, last few years, none. Nobody knocks on the door and uh, because the neighborhood's changed. It's a lot more religious than it used to be. But um, And Moroccans don't have a Halloween in their uh, in, in their playbook. So, it's, you know, we a lot of Spartan Jews down in the neighborhood, but it's a... Um, uh, it's much, it's, but in terms of popularity and the culture, I mean, you drive down streets, people invest time and energy and money in building these huge 
haunted house displays sure. and skeletons and pumpkins. It's, you know, it's uh, really quite remarkable. Yeah, the, the amount, as you say, ingenuity and energy and really what's what's really strange is, and I'm going to, you know, reference a, uh, uh, a a film that was sort of big in the 70s. I think we were in Yeshiva, we couldn't see it, but I've seen it since then. Um, it's called um, Oh God with, uh, yes. George, with George Burns. Yes. And if you remember, it, the, the, the penultimate scene is a trial uh, where... Um, uh, the, the John Denver character is on trial for all his statements about that God appeared to him. And of course, George Burns as God appears. Uh, and one of the statements he makes is very, very strong. And I think important to hear today as well, which is, you know, you had all of you had no problem believing in the devil. You had no problem believing in uh, the devil inhabiting and, 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 and taking demonic possession. Yet you can't believe in me. So w- what's interesting is, is that you know, it isn't just having fun. There's a certain sense of embracing that there is this evil side. We can perhaps, um, uh, this evil, scary things that we don't understand, things about the world that seem to be demonic and horrible. Again, ghosts is about death. You know, witches is about people harnessing, uh, you know, black magic to do terrible things. It seems like uh, the there's we want to play with these ideas. We sort of want to um, titillate our our fancy talking about the most horrible things, uh, and 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 yet it doesn't lead necessarily to a belief in a power of spirituality behind it. There's there's like this uh, terrible uh, vault of that you don't want to open up. The vault of fear. The vault that 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 really touches the things that we are scared of the most. What are we scared of the most? We're scared of death. We're scared that we're not going to live. We're scared of, 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 of people that are crippled, people that, that, are, that, that, are, that are, uh, are not able to uh, get into this world properly. And, and therefore, they're sort of, yeah, let's have fun with this. Let's, let's, let's embrace our fears. Let's not pretend we're not really scared. And actually, uh, grow. You know, and let's let the children jump into this. And I think that's part of what uh, I, I don't know if it's healthy, but I think that's part of what's going on, which is confronting this. Put it this way: the simcha of dressing up is a way to, as you know, uh, right. to sort of like inhabit the thing that you're scared of, inhabit the thing that 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 you're afraid to be. And I think that's part of why even adults. Like Halloween is, is is as big for adults as it is for for children, uh, and uh, I guess the other uh, who was considered one of the great, really um, sweet Balmidos, he was a Rosh Hashiva that that uh, no one could say anything negative about a Talmud Chacham for sure, but the stories about Rav Palm are about his incredible Midas Tovos and uh, his uh, his wonderful concern for everyone. And the story has been repeated often, and people knew it, that he knew that on October 31st, that they would put out uh, candy, and actually his wife would be involved in, the, uh, in making popcorn bags. And she would make sure, which I guess is a pretty healthy treat, um, and make sure that she would sit there in the kitchen. I don't know how old she was at the time. Didn't and she, she dress up like, what's her name from the Adams family? Morticia? Yeah. I, there might have been somewhat of a similarity. I don't think that uh, anybody would um, confuse Rav Palm and Gomez, 
but uh, you know, I guess there is a similar in their smile. You know, I guess Gomez and Rabbi Palm, one could say, is that um, you know, um, I, you know, <laughs> you know, I, you know, you know, I, 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 serious. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, people have different ways of of confronting fears, and that's what Halloween is about uh, in the non-Jewish world. But is there any equivalent, like in in the the superstitions even that we've embraced over the centuries or the strange press. Is there anything like this at all? I mean, the only time Sutton gets mentioned in practical Jewish life is when we don't sound the show for Ever versus Shana. I mean, uh, you know, to confuse Sutton. By the way, I think by now he may have figured it out. I think what would really confuse him is if we didn't blow the show for Rosh Hashanah at this point. Look, you know, if you would do a um, a, a, a an accurate scholastic search of uh, Yiddish Maisa uh, Bichloch. Um, oh, they had all this stuff. Minhagim, you would find it full of superstitious yes. type. Yes, of absolutely. Yeah, that's true. And even but I'm talking about a collective it, it, observance. Even it went as far as you know. Even in halacha about Hoshana Rabbah, it's brought down in the Ramah about looking at the tail of the moon, right. and that that could that's determine. our Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's yeah. You could determine. So there definitely is uh, an idea that I think that all cultures have of things they don't understand. They realize that there's bigger powers than them. That I mean, Chazal took it for granted that there are shadim and all this stuff running around all the time. That's right, and 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 I, I believe that they exist, and I think that they do permeate in some way. Uh, we, we are um, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, lulled into a sense of uh, security that they're not really going to bother us, and it doesn't really register in our life. But uh, you know, I, I think it's almost—I don't know—the there's a universal sense that there are powers that we don't understand. And going I mean, back, the, yeah, I mean, go, listen, go, we used go, to do. Yeah. Uh, Whatever what they call them, exorcism. We used to do that with dimmicks all the time. True, but, but even remembered a, an exorcism. right now, 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 of course, you know when 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 George Burns makes that speech as God, he says everybody could believe that uh, the demon could inhabit a little girl, but they don't believe in me. The exorcist, although it was gory and and horrible and and uh, profane, it was remember what it was the power. I think he says, I think he says Jesus' name, right? The right. power demands, right? There was an idea that there is a God in the world that we can turn to, right? There is a God in the world that, that could somehow. That um, was one of, that was a scary movie, The, the Exorcist. Right, but what was, Blair. I mean, her head was turning around there. What, but what was scary about it was you could take this kind little girl, this, you know, this wonderful sweet little girl, and then instantly how it could it could change i mean that i think is what what makes it so scary she was always vomiting on the priests i, I didn't understand the vomit. well put it this way if you it's one thing you know let's say the monster from the black lagoon i mean at one time uh in the 1950s especially we were scared about uh on what are the unleashing of nuclear energy the things that go bump in the night which is which is different than monsters different. from the deep in other words the monsters that we had created out of uh, out of the atomic age. No, no listen, I, I do believe that there is a there is a part of the collective and individual human psyche that gravitates to fear. I think that is expressed today by the Greta Thunbergs of the world who are painting pictures of imminent doom because of global warming. There, there's notion of living in fear. I mean, when we were kids, you remember, the number one issue on the left was population explosion. 
right? We won't be able to feed ourselves, right? And that is now rendered moot. If anything, the countries in Europe are underpopulated. Uh, we've, we, we, you know, we, we rose to the occasion. We know how to feed many more people more efficiently than we ever have. And then there was a, you know, uh, then it was nuclear war. Uh, people were afraid. Remember the, the day after tomorrow on ABC when Reagan was putting in medium range nuclear missiles in, in Europe and, 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 and ABC did this whole thing about nuclear war. And then they had Ted Koppel was on Nightline and Ellie Wiesel was asked to be on the panel. And he looked at them with a wry smile. And he says, all right, everybody's a Jew now. Everybody has to be worried about survival. And, um, and so there is an instinct to be in fear, whether it's supernatural forces, whether it's the environment, whether it's uh, war and conflict. Then Time Magazine and Newsweek both did cover stories in the same week about global cooling, how we're all going to freeze to death. You know, the, there is this impulse that the world's falling, chicken little, right? The, 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 the world's coming to an end. That's a, world's coming to an end. So Halloween is Halloween is falling. So Halloween is an antidote, or at least a salve for those fears. It's, it's a vehicle out for fear. Uh, which what are we told? Well, or let, you know, soon we die. What is that again? What, what is uh, right? Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. My father used to quote us. So there is the reverse imploration. Okay, but but we know that our. You're right. If our society wasn't so gripped with these fears and wasn't so paralyzed by them, they wouldn't necessarily need the type of corrective or salve or uh, panacea, whatever word you want to use, that Halloween provides. Uh, in, in, in a way, and you're not even thinking about it, but, but it still somehow helps people process. I would even argue that for many, especially in terms of the energies they put into it, I would say Halloween, you know, for the United States, Halloween is, is sometimes is bigger than Thanksgiving, right? You know, Thanksgiving is it's, sort of... I read numbers a couple of years back about how much money is poured into celebrating Halloween. It's unbelievable. It does rival Thanksgiving. And at this point of the three big non-Jewish holidays at the end of the year, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, it's almost like Christmas became number three. In, in terms of ingenuity, in terms of... Um, the effort uh, people put in... Listen, more people go home in America for Thanksgiving than go home for Christmas. Right. So, right, but, right. so Thanksgiving really is a time to make use of that secular uh, freedom to, well, and especially, and like you say, to shore up family relations. But most people, here's the point, find the, the message of Thanksgiving to be perhaps uh, too pristine, uh, too holy, you know, too serious and too, right? it, it, it's almost like, okay, you want us to really sit here and say how much we thank uh, God for the United States and thank for our freedom. Most people find it difficult to be able to even pronounce God's name or, or to think about the great things that they have. Um, whereas you know, Halloween doesn't really call for much thought. It's almost like the id or the fears inside of you are anyway just churning there. Let me just put on a costume and, and maybe I, I can maybe deal with it better. Um, it, but it's no question that it could, could also be that given the in, intensifying secularism or, or, or distancing from religion, that of the three, Halloween is the least religious. 
even though it probably for for rabbis and for rabbanim and poskim who looked at it, this is the most pagan thing in the world. Right, right. You're, but you're putting you're, you're, something to do with God or religion, which which and, and therefore I think therefore some of the piskei halacha that were issued for kids needed to be measured, especially if you know when you're dealing with kiruv. Right. So you, you no, have- listen, a lot of the things that we were afraid of, I was just talking about this to somebody else about, you know, if you're raised by European parents and again, you, you were raised by more intensely European parents than I was. My parents came when they were my mother was five. My father was 13. So they were much more Americanized than, than your parents. But um, um, the fear of the church, I mean, that was driven into us. I mean, I was told as a kid that if I smiled at a nun, my teeth would fall out. You know, the fear of being chopped by the church and being baptized and never being allowed to return to your family. So, I mean, my parents extend my tongue in cheek, but I was told, you know, if you smile at a nun, your teeth fall out. Uh, and I told this to my kids as well. I told them, I raised my kids the same way. I told my kids, if you smile at a nun, your teeth fall out. And my kids, you know, were skeptical. And, <laughs> and I told them to call the dentist. The dentist was a friend of mine. So the dentist understood immediately. The dentist confirmed that, in fact, if you smile at a nun, your teeth fall out. But that the cross, the church, anything associated with Christianity posed an, a threat to the Jewish people. Right. And, and that way we sort of like pushed back completely on Christmas. I mean, there were very few of, of, of my classmates that said, oh, I got to have a Christmas tree. I need a Hanukkah. No, nobody was interested in Christmas. Right, Halloween, right. they were interested in. Right, right. They, and and, and they, Thanksgiving, everybody observed. Right, so Thanksgiving, everybody. Because if anything, the Jews love Thanksgiving. Because no, we love Thanksgiving. It was Hakara Satov to the United States. Yeah, I mean, who wasn't grateful to America? Some, I mean, the from Jews that I know had a Turkey Friday night instead of Thursday night. Yeah, but but everybody had a Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, yeah, yeah. My parents were the like you say, so European. Of course, Thanksgiving. 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 Yeah. So it, it, it's sort of strange, really. I don't, the Satmar love, I don't think. Rabbi I don't think I'll ever celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, as you know, as you know what the Satmar said, you know, when he came to the United States, uh, this first Shabbos, he walked with his entourage and he was wearing his 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 his, his Bekisha and the Hasidim were all around him. And there was some Jew in Williamsburg who screamed out and said, Satmarov, Satmarov. So he said, Zogs, he says, Nishdems, Ich mach nicht Kale America. Ober ich gay machen Kale America. He says, I'm not making America, I, I, this is not ruining America right now. You still got your America, but don't worry, I will make America. Ich gay Kale machen America. This incident in itself, of me proclaiming that I can look like an old-fashioned Hasidic Jew from Europe in the United States, in New York, it's strange right now. But you'll see, we are going to push the envelope. And he was right. The Hasidim rolled up their sleeves and knew that America was a patsy for them, meaning they could do that. And they, and they did it in Jersey City, they're doing it in Linden, right here in my backyard. And they're extremely successful at it. Maybe Montreal as well, in a way, right? I mean, when you go no to... One the, would, no one would call them uh, passive or demure. <laughs> right, right. In, in the Hasidic neighborhoods in Montreal, you, you can feel that they this is our turf. 
right? Yeah. And, 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 and that was, in a way, you know, the, 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 the taking back, uh, uh, you know, in, in a way that I, I guess the, the Yeshiva... Interesting also that they still, I believe, have a more aggressive stance to Christmas. You know, we'll do a Christmas show soon, but um, Nitto, Nitto is sort of like... Oh, yeah. Nitto is uh, a hallowed <laughs> part of the right, expression. Right. A hallowed custom is not to learn on Christmas Eve. Um, and and you, there's still this idea of giving the, the powers to the chitzoyim. You know, if, if anything, Halloween is probably, Halloween has no power. You know, the idea of the demons and, 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 and goblins and gremlins and, and, and other otherworldly things the night of, of, of the 24th, which even though has nothing to do with Jesus's actual birth, but since that's the day that sort of the Christians uh, get strength from, that's the day that we have to really uh, be most careful. So it's interesting that they sort of have their, you know, that's the, the, the goblin night, I think, is, 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 is Nittal. Uh, in your house, your father ever talked to you about Nittal at all? Did it mean anything? No. I mean, we talked. We mentioned it. Well, you know, it was not a central feature of our December twenty fifth. You know what I thought was always one of the, like the most, like I don't know if it's tongue in cheek, and I say I use the word cheek with a little sense of double entendre, but the idea of of, of cutting toilet paper, you know, on a Christmas Eve. Oh right? yeah, that's some fun. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay. Where did know, that come from? I forget. Where... I think it comes from the Gemara and Gitan about Jesus burning in Soya Reiseches, right? Uh, so, in other words, you know, okay, we're going to use this night to sort of like, you know, zero in on 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 our on our fecal uh, sense of things. So, um, so all in all, I don't think we'll be dressing up this year. All in all, our doors will be open to those who knock, and well, uh, we what, will uh, be providing uh, candied delights to all. Um, and, and, and in Canada, is, is there any, um, I know Ted Lasso's mustache is a very big thing, <laughs> right? Right. The, uh, just, just have a nice, just have a nice mustache and a yeah, uh, yeah. sort of a, a sweater and a mustache, I think might be good enough. <laughs> well, I would, um, you know, it looks like we definitely have, uh, exhausted uh, the subject almost to the point of complete total boredom. Um, complete total boredom. I mean, I'm. I'm falling asleep myself. No, but I, listen, I think uh, I, I, you know what you know. It's speaking about the Adams family. I think that uh, you know Uncle Fester is suggesting itself now. For... <laughs> All right. All right. Sure, look, look. Remember when you put the light bulb in your mouth. Be very, very, very careful on that. Take care, everybody. Right, and be kind to those people who come to the door. You know, and you know, just leave out good stuff. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.